Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the JKWD podcast, where sometimes you just need eight or nine words or however many I just said to just change your whole energy. That's what <laughs> Was it just the words, Josh? Was it just the words? Look. It was the way I said them. I think it was the delivery too, right? Exactly. You're you're some somehow you're away from the microphone. I'm not hearing you. Oh, okay. Well, I think hmm. the microphone needed to go for a walk. Um I should let it exercise more often. Hmm. Actually, <laughs> I don't know what happened if it got low, because it's still low for some reason. It's still but anyway. Okay, anyway. It, it, well, I will jiggle your cable. There's no video. That's good. <laughs> well, I also wanted to make sure that I didn't make a lot of noise. <laughs> Actually, what probably happened was my voice got really loud, and so the mic overcompensated. Ah, <laughs> uh, that could have been it. That's better. Yeah, any, anyway, wow. Hello, Diversion. Uh, man, we had a we had a good podcast today. Uh, you're gonna hear it in a little bit. Uh, we talked to uh, we talked to Christy Sara Duarte, uh, which sounds like a mouthful, but you should learn how to say it because they're just vowels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the that'll be the bookmark on this episode. Just vowels, people. They don't hurt. Uh, you can learn to say somebody's name. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but we talk about uh, healing and travel and Jesus and uh, a whole bunch of stuff. A whole bunch of stuff. But first, Kelvin, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much, Mr. Shear. I'm sitting here finishing up coffee, finishing up tea, finishing up water. I'm going to have to run soon. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but yep, having a, having a good day, having a good week, and uh, just loving it. Great. Yeah, you look like you? you're... Uh, I'm I'm good. You look like you're about to say the sun's shining and then change your mind because it's not. I can tell from your window. Well, um, it's, it's brighter, <laughs> uh, but the sun. Yeah, I think it's I think it's brighter where you are than it is where I am. But, but neither of us have sun. Um, no direct sunlight, but there yeah. are spots in the in the whitish gray clouds. So, but, so yeah, I'm sitting here with a cup of tea and and just enjoying my morning. There you go. We're brought to you today by Audible. If you want a free audiobook, a free month at Audible, go to audibletrial.com slash JKWD or text JKWD to 500-500. They will send you a link right back. And, you know, when you sign up with our, like it just yeah, kicks us a cup of coffee or something. So that's much appreciated if you would do that. You can get something like, Lamb, the Gospel According to Christ's Childhood Friend, Biff, um, by Christopher Moore. Uh, it's narrated by the actor Fisher Stevens, and I really, really, really like this novel. Um, you know, it it does the thing that, you know, if you're familiar with the film Dogma by Kevin Smith, it, it, it does its best to make you laugh, uh, but comes with comes with the lessons. You know, about being nice to each other and um, 
being nice to others and strangers and, and putting in the hard work. Yeah. So yeah, that's one possibility. Yeah. Or you could listen to where'd you go, Bernadette? How'd you like that? Bernadette Fox is notorious to her Microsoft guru husband. She's a fearlessly opinionated partner to fellow private school mothers in Seattle. She's a disgrace to design maven. She's a revolutionary architect. The, the review at the bottom says misleading cover contains excellent novel. So get that. That'd be cool. Nine hours and 35 minutes of entertainment for that. Sounds like a great buy. Yeah, it's for free. For free, if you text JKWD to 500-500 or go straight to audiblechild.com slash JKWD. Hey, speaking of JKWD, come on by JKWDpodcast.com for show notes. You know, you'll hear you know, Christy give her uh, social accounts at the end of this podcast, and we'll have them linked up so you don't have to go. We'll take care of the vowels for you. How's that? <laughs> yes, uh, indeedy. But we're it's gonna, a very interesting podcast, so Yeah, it is. Uh, we cover a lot. So we're going to shut up, and on the other side of the music, you're going to hear Christy. So why don't we start by saying, um, by telling us who you are, what you do, and why. Okay. Uh, my name is Christy Sarduarte. I'm an author and healer. And um, I think what really makes me perhaps different from many other people is that I've traveled pretty much not everywhere in the world, but pretty every corner of the world. I've visited more than 80 countries. I've lived in five countries. And I think that having done that makes me or has given me like an idea that I want to um, open people's minds with my writing and uh, kind of um, um, bringing peace to the world is like a big concept. Of course, uh, I want to be part of it, but more than anything, I guess, um, I want to uh, help people see that we're all the same, like in at the core, like whether we're Republicans or Democrats, whether we're Christians or Muslims, whether we're black, white, Latino, Indian, um, at the core, I think we're the same. And a lot of what I do in my writing is to, um, you know, convey that message and also to uh, uh, get people to understand that there's no single truth. Great. Um, what prompted your travel? I've always been traveling. So when we were kids, then my parents would uh, pack us in a car and we would drive all over um, Europe. So I'm from Northern Europe. 
And it's easier, of course, but also my dad had a business. Mm -hmm. So he would, and in the beginning, we didn't make a, they didn't make a lot of money. So he would take us on business trips and we would just, if uh, the trip went to Germany, then we would travel through like Denmark, Holland, Germany, Belgium. Then we would maybe end up in like France or Spain or England. And I just like, I, I think, a lot of people have done the same, like you get this traveling bug and you just can't stop. There's always more to see, more places to go. There's, I mean, the, the world is so amazing, you know. So, uh, yeah, so I want to keep going. I'm not like, I will never make it to 196 countries in the world, you know, but I want to make it to 100 at least. Wow. What have been some of your favorite places so far and why? Um Ethiopia is fantastic. Definitely will go back. Um, many people don't know this, but Ethiopia has a lot of different cultures. So it has the Christian culture. It has an area where there are thousand-year-old churches that were like dug into stone, like the rock face. They just started somewhere and they dug like down in the ground. They have the Muslim area. They have Harar, which is one of the most sacred Muslims cities in the world and then they have the Omo Valley which is where you find these um, tribes with like big like ceramic plates in their lips and and they're like you know naked pretty much and they like walk around with machine guns but like a baby in the arms and a machine gun in the back and like without any you know pretty much naked so um, it's just fascinating and the other country that's like on top top is Tibet because uh, the people were so warm and um, so happy that people went there, you know, because they feel like so suppressed by the Chinese. So like one day we were walking around town in Lhasa and this man comes running, like shouting, and he just throws his arms around me and like we're just laughing, laughing, you know, because it's there's just so much joy there and so much um, warmth, I guess. Wow. I, I need to get out more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much to see. Oh, wow. So, I mean. You said right up top that, you know, deep down we're all the same. What what else, what other sorts of lessons are you learning from talking to people uh, as you travel? Um, I think that women in a lot of the world are very suppressed. And um, at the same time, I think they're stronger. It makes me more of, of a feminist, I guess, when I, I travel. Because you see women who don't have any rights. Um, you know, like in in Niger, for example, on average, um, a man has four wives and with each wife, he has like 12 children. So you can like imagine not being able to work, not able to do anything, just give birth to children. And then you share this one man with uh, other um, other women and you, like the Niger is one of the poorest countries in the world. So you can just imagine how strong a woman has to be to just survive it. So that's something I think about. <laughs> wow. 
So, I mean, <clears throat> with all, I mean, I, I was looking at your website yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, well, you, you've done some writing. We're, we're going to get into some of your writing down here because you piqued my interest on a bunch of stuff. But um, aside from the travel and you know, having people realize that we're all the same. I mean, it's it's a um, I like that as a concept, but what's your what's your real hot button? What what really gets you enthused and and really energized about the things that you do? In terms of writing or in terms of writing or traveling or talking to people? Um, uh, I think like when um, I was very little, um, when I very little, when I was like like a young teenager than um, living in Sweden, which was very homogenous, right? And mm-hmm. started getting like, I grew up in Stockholm. Um, my parents were refugees, but from Estonia. So I looked like everyone, my name was different, but I looked like everyone. And when there started coming more and more um, immigrants during the early 80s from from Muslim countries, and of course their attitude then towards, um, you know, towards women in general, but like towards everyone was different. And there were people from like Iran, Iraq, um, mostly, I guess, during that time. And I remember being so angry and really like fighting against this, like just because I look like you, you know, I'm accepted, but you don't understand that these people, they look a little bit different, but the people who who you notice are the bad people. Like there might be a hundred good people and one person does something bad and he's from a different race, not race, but different, um, um, what's the word, culture. Then you say like, oh, everyone from that culture is like that. So the same goes like with, with religion or anything. Like I, I mean, I live in Harlem. So in Harlem, I'm the odd one out, right? So mm-hmm. um, most people super nice, like really nice. But once in a while, like, you know, people walk by me and say like, oh, you know, you, you horrible white person, what are you doing here? And I think that, I mean, as you say, as a concept, it's great, and I don't know how much I can do to change anything, but I think that I want to be a part of the change in terms of somebody can treat me badly, but I don't say that everyone who looks like that or is from that country or is from that religion is the same. Like, you have to go deeper into it. Mm-hmm. So when we have parties, uh, we have this nice uh, terrace, which is very unusual for New York City. Mm-hmm. Then when we have parties, a lot of the time we have people from like 15 different countries. You know, they're just, you know, pe- I think the more you're mixed with people who are different from you, even if it's the same, like you're like white person, white person, but one is like um Jewish or one is Christian or whatever, but the more we mix, the more uh, we can bring understanding of other things into the world. Okay. So how, how successful have you been so far? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think that uh, 
my success comes from um, not, I mean, no big waves by any means, but I think it's person by person. You know, you treat people nice, you know, then they might think like, oh, like when we travel, for example, they might think like, oh, you're, you know, European. Europeans are usually very cheap or they're usually very, you know, uh, bossy or whatever. Then I can be the person of change for that person that I meet. So one by one. But if more people were doing that and, and treating others equally, then we can make a change. Like on my own, I'm not making a huge change, but, <laughs> you know, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but you got it started. You got it started. That's good. Yeah. So um, how does your how does your Reiki tie into the rest of your philosophy? Well, I think that um, when you do something like Reiki um, and you connect to whether you do it through like Reiki, like healing, meditation, you can connect to the universe. And every time you connect to the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, you bring the, the God um, energy into you mm-hmm. and that heightens the frequency in the world. So it becomes better by every time somebody meditates, somebody um, gives healing to somebody. Like it's like, you know, these little things that we can do mm-hmm. to bring more positivity into the world. Cool. Am I super flaky? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I actually, I'm a Reiki practitioner. I don't, I don't, okay. I don't you know, I, I do it for, you know, friends and, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm not doing it as a you know a lot of people are doing it for their business. I'm not doing it for right. that. I I got it so I could so I could help people feel better, get rid yeah. of migraines from here. You know, from place. <laughs> yeah. No, I do I do the same. Like when we were, my husband's Peruvian, so when we were living in Peru, then I did it as a business. But mm-hmm. now, like in uh, in New York, I do it as a side thing for like friends. I offer it up if I if anyone needs it. Mm-hmm. So, but eventually I, I, I will probably go back to doing it more full time, not full time, but at least on a more like professional basis, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Okay. Awesome. What are you thinking, Josh? So I, um, I'm coming back to the book. Um, it's called the trans migrant. Um, and I'm going to have you tell the story because uh, having having a Jew basically read a uh, blurb <laughs> about Jesus is going to come off as a Jew reading a blurb about Jesus. So, <laughs> um, Man, don't do that when I'm drinking coffee. Tell us what the, tell us, you know, what the book's about, but then, um, why you why you approached it because it I, you, I think it's important to say that it's a novel which means that um it comes primarily from your heart and head not from um you know not from trying to find a niche that hasn't been you know uh, attacked before sure yes do you want me to go ahead go ahead <laughs> okay so um the book is about uh, a novel, as I, as you said, it's the novel is about 
Jesus traveling through uh, Asia and studying Hinduism and Buddhism and how that uh, influenced his, what later became his faith, um, which today we call Christianity. Um, so the story behind it was that I had for a long time thought about how, um, you know, when I first came to New York and there was this guy on a train who said like, oh, you know, you all have to believe in Jesus to be, to uh, be saved. And that's, you know, what you need to do. And I was kind of like, he was handing out some, some leaflets and I said, no, thank you. And then he started attacking me for not wanting to take his leaflet. And he said like, oh, you're going to go to hell. And he was like shouting at the car of the train, like, look at her. Like she's, she's, um, you know, she's shaking her head, but that she's like the devil and blah, blah, blah. So I was like hearing that. I thought that, I mean, I was not religious. I'm still not religious. But how can, could Jesus, if he was of God, be a bully? Like, why does it bring out this like bully, bullying in people who say like, oh, you have to believe this or you're going to go to hell? Because and, and nowhere in, in Jesus's teachings does it say, Thou shalt take leaflets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Because I'm thinking maybe some more bagging them. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, might have been a might have been a leaflet clause. Come on. <laughs> I think that's a really good one. Yeah, that's what I should say next time it happens to me. <laughs> it doesn't say that in the Bible. Um, um, yeah, so I, have you, I've, I have a feeling you've studied more Bible than than, uh, than most people who would. Be um, well, now I have. So, so you know, so I had this like idea, like started thinking about, oh, Jesus is, you know, I think he was of God, but I think parts of the Bible probably have been added later and stuff like that. So. Was in the back of my head, and then one uh, one day when I was in India, I was traveling in India. I was in Kolkata. Then I saw this guy selling books on the street, and one of the books was Jesus in India. So I uh, picked it up and um, started reading it. And it's about this uh, Russian explorer Nicholas Notovich, who in 1880 uh, traveled through India, northern India. And he broke his leg, he ended up in a temple, Tibetan temple, um, in the Himalayas. And um, that one day, the monk, one of the head monks said to him, do you know your Jesus was here? So this guy, this Russian explorer, then like wrote down the story, like they translated it from um, Tibetan to uh, French, because in those days, everyone spoke French. Um, so he transcribed it he brought it back to europe he said wow you know now we know what happened in jesus lost years and uh the the cardinals everyone said like no 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 like don't like don't talk about it like keep quiet like this is not good mm -hmm. uh if you want money we'll give you money but just don't do anything with it but he was so sure this was true um so he published a book anyways mm -hmm. so the book is called the, the secret life of jesus christ so I started reading it and I thought like, hmm, this is really interesting. I want to look into it. And then I started actually when we were living in Peru and I, I wasn't working full time. I started like, I, first I read the Bible, I mean the New Testament. Then I started watching videos and started like digging deeper and deeper and deeper, deeper into it and reading um, 
you know, books pro and not, not, not pro and con, but like from different angles just to get like what makes sense to me. And mm-hmm. since, since I didn't have a religious background, um, even though like Sweden and Estonia, they're both Protestant, but they're very like not religious at all. Um, I could kind of like approach it with an open mind because I hadn't been like indoctrinated with it. And then I came to the conclusion that, is it true? Like, did he travel to India? Makes a lot of sense. You know, it does. I can't say for sure that this is what happened, but I wanted to write about it and I wanted to write it about it in fiction form because, I mean, I will, I mean, I just like fiction. I just like writing Mm -hmm. fiction and make it like alive. And it's interesting because a lot of the people who have read it, even though they're Christian, they say, wow, this is like really plausible. It could have happened like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's against Jesus, but it's, it's meant to like open your mind to that. Maybe there were other possibilities. And in the end, all that matters is that we are all, the same, we're all of God, or we are all God. Now tell us about that title, The Transmigrant. The Transmigrant. So So what what does that mean exactly? For, it means somebody who migrates, like either um, mentally or usually it's used in physical sense, right? You travel, Mm -hmm. but you don't migrate to one place, you migrate through. Okay. So for me, that like, Yeshua in the book he migrates both on a like mental and spiritual and physical level so it kind of fit the fit the theme yeah we do kind of uh, I, I say we in the uh, in the in the my father is a was a Baptist minister so mm-hmm. Baptist and then Methodist and then Baptist again we okay. we kind of we 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 tend to give uh, you know all power to Jesus and then and, 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 and then and then we narrow it back down to this to this little area, this little place. And one of the reasons that I am probably out of favor with some of my friends is because there's just things that don't make sense to me. So I I can't buy the entire doctrine. Um uh just because it it, it number one, um, you know, God is love versus here, let me wipe out your country right now. <laughs> those two those yeah. those two don't don't right. They don't go together well with me, with, with, with God is love. I love you. By the way, your country just left. Sorry, you, you can't be there. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds more like Star Trek and the Klingons. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, so. But then also like when you look into the sources of the Bible, then so many of them have been added later on. Mm-hmm. So what I did when I... Um, wrote was like I focused on anything that was written up to 40 years after Jesus's death mm-hmm. so most of the gospels are written after that right right really so and, and the gospels were not things 70 years after yeah I think yeah so I thought like okay so let's say like in those days people didn't live that long as they do today right so people who had known him would have already died by seven, like year 70, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we will never know what's tr- what's, what the truth is, but I thought that like by limiting it down to, you know, years closer to 
his death, then I was kind of um, picking from the more, maybe more credible sources. Well, I mean, even among the religions that, that are prevalent here, some of them have some books, some of them don't have those books. And mm-hmm. oh, we picked this because he came over here. You know, the, the Mormons have a different uh, yeah. collection right. than, than most Christians do and stuff. So it's like, okay, so how come theirs is wrong and this is the one? And, and I've never been able to figure that stuff out. So I, don't, <laughs> and I, haven't, I haven't studied it. I've just used, you know, what, what <laughs> logic I have and what um, sense I have. But this was a very, very interesting uh, 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 conversation. So how about... Um, Josh, did you have any more questions there? Well, keep going. You 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 sounded like you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going. I was going to the next the next area here uh, about the Virgin of Galilee, and uh, you know, talk to us about that a little bit. So the Virgin of Galilee was in the beginning um, in, included in the transmigrant, but as I was like shopping it out to. Um, people then i realized it doesn't really belong so i cut it out mm-hmm. then i've uh, published it separately on my website so the virgin of galilee so it's like in the in the bible it kind of starts with like oh jesus mother then she gets pregnant and then you know uh she has a child in a far in a stable mm-hmm. and then everyone like the wise men come and then like you know that's that story but then also and when you conception and right. Yeah. So when you start looking into like the sources that are more authentic, as I believe, there's nothing about the immaculate birth. Mm-hmm. So there's this rumor about um, a Roman uh, pretty much like raping Jesus's mother and that's his father. Mm-hmm. So, so I, you know, again, like, is it true? Is it not true? It's probably just a rumor, but it made for a good story <laughs> because, <laughs> because, um, first of all, I don't believe in immaculate birth. And in those days, like every Roman emperor, every like person who was like a god of some sort uh, was born, had an immaculate birth. Like everyone was like, God was their father and they were also gods and all that. So that was like a lot of like what was going on in those days mm-hmm. in, in the Roman Empire and in the, what is now Middle East. So um, what, I, what intrigued me was that Jesus' father is always like portrayed as older. Mm-hmm. So why would he in those days, like if they're engaged, mm-hmm. like why would he if he wasn't the father, mm-hmm. believe that she got pregnant by God, right? I mean, a normal guy, like even today, like you would be like, oh, let's take a paternity test. Like it's not like however, <laughs> right. however angelic she was, mm-hmm. I mean, a guy wouldn't just say like, oh, you're pregnant and you didn't sleep with anyone else. I mean, of course they would think so. Oh, don't forget he was visited. He was visited by an angel that told him. Suffering. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so my story kind of like, me, um, mixes 
is that whatever is like the traditional Jesus story about the conception. So yes, she is um, raped by this uh, Roman soldier, mm-hmm. and then she's kind of like cast out from her village. Mm-hmm. Like she was always like the prettiest, most popular girl, and then she's like cast out of the village. I mean, um, not physically, but mm-hmm. she's kind of. Um, they say that she's kind of like dirty now, mm-hmm. kind of like it is mm-hmm. in today's like Middle Eastern countries. Mm-hmm. You're raped, the woman is guilty, right? So then, since Joseph is supposed to be older, he kind of takes it upon himself like, okay, there's this girl with a child, like he's a uh, a widower, and then takes her on. And then in the story, like the Virgin of Galilee that I wrote, the angel does come to him, but he's like, is this a dream? Is this like, what is it like? Am I dreaming? Mm-hmm. Kind of trying to make it a little bit more um, logical mm-hmm. than the traditional story and more plausible. And then, you know, the wise men, they don't come around until Jesus is older because that's what they believe happened. He, they didn't mm-hmm. come at birth. He wasn't born in a stable Bethlehem was the Bethlehem of Galilee because there was no census in year four. The census was in year eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact date. The, the what is it called? The, the murder of the innocent? What is it called? The, where they say like, oh, that uh, Herod said that all all babies shall get killed. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That they believe it was Herod who wanted to kill his own children. So it didn't happen in year four because year four is when they believe that, like 4 BC, mm-hmm. it's when they believe like everyone has like consensus among theologists that, that he was born. So since the historical facts don't line up, then I've tried to, tried to tell the story based on the historical facts more than tradition, mm. I guess. Wow. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's, that's quite a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> quite a lot of work. So have you gotten any, um, uh, you know, they're, they're novels, but have you gotten any pushback from people on these two books you've written? The funny thing is, like, I expected to get hate mail. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten any yet. Um, what Don't I have yet? Don't call it. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, on, on the other hand, on the other hand, if somebody's sending you hate mail, then it means they're paying attention. So, right. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I, I yield to Josh in this. <laughs> so, what I've received is um, like bad reviews. Like the great majority of reviews are four and five stars. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, I get a one or two star, but mm-hmm. I haven't so far received a review where they write anything. Mm-hmm. But when I write about it online on like Facebook or Twitter, mm-hmm. then people sometimes say like, oh, no, you're, you know, you're wrong. And mm-hmm. Jesus is this and that and like, whatever. So I get I try to approach them with love, like saying like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm happy you found something to believe in. But then they're like, no, you have to believe what I believe. (laughs) So then I say, okay, you know, like I believe what I believe and that's my truth. And, you know, I'm happy you found your truth. And then after a while they, you know, it stops. 
so but that's mm-hmm. that's the only thing it hasn't been as aggressive as i expected it to be i guess oh good <laughs> I, I, <laughs> because i'm not right excuse me congratulations that's, that's Thank good you. <laughs> that's good but you know from where i'm looking it takes um because you're, you're very soft-spoken but i can tell that you have a great deal of passion for what it is you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So it it took a lot of work to yes. do that research. Yes. Um, to 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 look at those facts, to evaluate all of that stuff. So, um, how, how long, if you, how long have you had you? I mean, you started out when this became a purpose at one point, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. from from the point that you started that research. Um, to the time you actually wrote the books, what um, what kind of time are we talking about? Like six years. Six years. Yeah. So you so, so you you researched and studied and hunted for six years. Yeah. Around the so, world before you wrote these. <laughs> wow. Yes, and I traveled to some of the places too. Just when I had finished writing, I traveled mm-hmm. to like India and Nepal and and Israel to just look at some of these places to just make sure that I got it right. But mm-hmm. I was doing the research while I was writing Mm -hmm. so i kept finding more books like oh my god like this angle oh i have to read this oh i can put this in Mm -hmm. um so and then when i started writing the follow-up that i'm working on now which is about jesus brother after the crucifixion and how he leads the disciples so when i started uh, doing research for that book i got more information and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh i need to add this or that and i mean I'm in so much debt to all the historians and theologists that have written, like really researched this because I've just picked their fruits, so to say. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's interesting because it like it starts making sense. Like the puzzle, the pieces of the puzzle starts like falling into place, and you're like, wow, this is. I mean, this to me now that's the real story. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe it, even though I know. Uh, the truth could be completely different. Mm-hmm. And if I could, I would go with a time machine back and see like, what was it? Like, was he, was Jesus a warrior? Like some people think, uh, or was he like this? Was he angelic and angel or was he a human being? Or, you know, it would be interesting to see. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, other people's bibliographies are also my downfall. I can um, kind of, <laughs> Start in one place and you're like, oh, I need to read that and that and that and that and that. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Josh is Josh is a very 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 logical. Um, he, he likes concrete stuff too. So yeah. <laughs> when we sometimes we have conversations and and he'll come back with, well, you know, according to this, and I'm like, uh, I got nothing to say because I haven't studied, I haven't searched, I haven't looked, you know. So I'm like, hmm. Well, he's at least at least done the work, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm just going on logic and and what I'm feeling in in my heart and stuff and stuff that just doesn't add up for me. He's he's actually got some study in underneath it. So yeah, we have good conversations. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he's gone a long ways towards opening my mind to some things and. And, and, closing and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, that's really that's really cool. So one thing I wanted to ask you about was um, you've got Jesus, you, know, you you kind of follow Jesus traveling through 
other nations and you know, being accepted and learning from teachers there. Um, you're the child of refugees and you, tra you travel a lot. So you, you meet a lot of people and we're recording in December of 2018. Um, when here in the U.S., you know, we're having a very um, closed border um, time in our lives. Now, you know, 100, 105 years ago or so, when my great-grandparents came over um, from Ukraine, you know, just before the Russian Revolution, you know, they got out, um, you know, before bad things happened to them. And they were refugees here. And, you know, um, you know, like, you know, like your childhood, you know, we, we looked like people here, but um, being Jewish, we weren't considered white, you know, when we first got here, um, which wasn't all that long ago. I mean, you know, like I said, my great grandparents, so um, I never met them, but I, I knew three of my grandparents well into my adulthood. So um, what can we learn about and from, you know, those, the stories of, of people being able to um, cross borders, even if they're, you know, of a different ilk, if you will, of a different, you know, faith or race or, or culture. Um, why, you know, why is it important that we get to do that? Well, I think that the whole immigration thing is so complicated right now mm -hmm. because, I mean, even in like the same thing in Europe, right? So, and the same thing in the United States, like on one hand, you have to help other people in need. On the other hand, like, Right now, there are so like, what did you say? 150 years your great grandparents came. Yeah, not even like 105, 110. Right. So yeah, it's not, so it's not that long ago. Yeah. The the world was completely different in those days. It was mm -hmm. much harder to travel. It was much harder to um, you know leave your country and go somewhere. And the world is smaller today. So. And there are a lot more people, a lot more people than there were wow. just a hundred years ago. So I think that on one hand, I want to say, oh, yeah, the border should be open. On the other hand, what happens then if everyone congregates in one country? Like in Sweden, for example, um, during the, the whole Syrian crisis, right? I don't, I don't know so much about it because I don't live there, but they opened the border to everyone and it just they got so many they had so many people come in they couldn't control it right because people come in yeah you open your doors you also have to make sure they have somewhere to live you know that they're fed that they're like you know get integrated into the society um and stuff like that so um yeah I, sweden is not a very large country from a population standpoint. Exactly. It's it's a large country in, in territory, but in population, yeah. it's like 10 million people. So yeah. if you have 10 million people and 1 million refugees come in, it's a problem, you know? So I'm, I'm really torn, like, when it comes to this immigration crisis. Well, I mean, are, is it possible that we're... 
is it possible that we're missing another Jesus? Um, yeah, because that's really, you know, what, yeah, yeah, that's really what I feel, you know, we've talked about a little bit is, you know, Jesus goes to India and, and, and travels through places where he's learning um, from other peoples. Mm-hmm. With the with the idea that he's coming back home, he's not he's not going out to stay, which is you know right. different, mm-hmm. you know from you know what we're talking about with immigration. But um, I mean, how do we how do we how do we watch out for somebody who how do how do we not neglect someone who might change the world um, by you know by coming through uh, and learning from from people he can't reach at home. It's a good question. <laughs> um, I think there are people today who are um, reincarnations of holy men. I think that the Dalai Lama is one of them. I think he is of peace. Um, there, there's this guy called John of God in Brazil who heals people. I think that um, the world today does not want to accept somebody who is who is who comes with peace. I think there's I, I mean this sounds really really hope, hopeless but um I think that you you could um, I mean just look at the like the the republican and democratic like fights in the US if somebody comes and is is of a good heart, then somebody else is gonna like beat up on them and say like, "Oh, you're weak," you know. So um, I'm not talking about anyone in specific. I'm just talking in general, like whether it's like one side, Republican or Democrat. I'm not taking yeah. sides right now. Uh, <laughs> you wear a different jersey than I do. You must be, yeah. <clears throat> you wear a different jersey than I do. You must be a bad person. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and there's a there's a couple of things out there too. We had um, Josh. Who did we have? Well, the Dalai Lama came to to Syracuse once, and there was a it was a we had him in the dome, and you know he was talking with the uh, the Native American community here, and one of the things one of the things that they said at the time was that peace is a very dangerous business. You know, uh, people don't actually want peace. And something that I had not realized um, at the time is how much um, of the U.S. economy was tied to war. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if if war stops, then, man, there's those industries that got nothing to do. Right. (laughs) If you need umbrellas, so if you make umbrellas, you need it to rain. Yeah. So exactly. and it's and it's kind of it's it's a wild thing. I've never even wanted to think about along those lines. But between between those conversations and then we had a we had a um, a young lady who who was Mar, Mar, Marla Mar who was that that we we interviewed Josh. Um, who was said that you know that the mili- that the U.S. was one of the most military, I mean, militarized. I, I hadn't even looked at it. I was like, so like, 
I, I'm all, we're all peaches and cream. And I'm like, yeah, not, not, not so much as I used to think, you know, but yeah, more, uh, uh, we spend more than the next seven or eight countries, maybe nine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and military. So, but I think that's like the, I mean, I kind of have this theme in, in my novel as well, that everyone's waiting for a Messiah, Messiah who will come and fix it all. I mean, I don't think we can wait for a Messiah to come and fix it all. You know, there's nobody, there's no single person who can do it, but we can do our part. Right. Like, that's our responsibility, to do our part in, like, bringing peace to our surroundings. I think that's all yeah, we can yeah, do. Just, I mean, it's in our own neighborhoods and let it and let it spread out from there. Maura Sweeney was who I was trying to think of before. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and and the name of that podcast there was like the courage of happiness. So it's a, it was a, it was a great one. So, <laughs> so anyway, so, um, so with all your travels and with all your experiences and the people you've met and I mean, so many people you've met, how many countries now? It's around 80. 80? Wow. Yeah. Um, what can you say about, you know, Josh and I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago where we're talking about, uh, you know, if you look at the numbers, there's a lot of things where the world is actually getting better. We're better off than we were. We've got more, more wealth than we ever did before. We've got better education and stuff like that, less disease and so forth. But from all the places that you've done and the people that you've talked to around the world, what can you say about the world as you see it? I mean, you you said we're all the same, got that. But what else? What else can you say about the world itself? That gives us hope. <laughs> <laughs> to give you hope, um, I think that the the world is so rich in just culture and like every country is different mm -hmm. so I think that I, I mean as I said before like I think at the core everyone is good like whatever they do but I think that um, we all should travel more and meet more of like people who are different from us and and just I don't know. And, and also maybe like meet people in our own neighborhoods who are different. Well, there is an idea. <laughs> There's, um, I have a friend. I have a friend who he's Jewish and he lives in New Jersey. And one of his friends started something called the Syrian Supper Club, which I think is such a beautiful idea. And they're, I mean, they're Jewish and they're inviting these like Muslim people who are refugees mm -hmm. and have them cook a meal, cook a Syrian meal, and then they pay as if they would be in a restaurant. So then they get like they have somebody to translate. Mm -hmm. So they get um, so they get them kind of integrated in the society and get a feel for what the U.S. is and everything on a very friendly and warm and positive um, basis. So I think that's like, to me, like those kind of things warm my heart. When in um, in January uh, there was this in January was it last year or this year? I think it was this year. There was this uh, the Muslim ban. You know, you go to the mm -hmm. protests and you see like 
you know, Jewish people stand up for Muslims. And then there was another protest where the Muslims were standing up for the Jewish. And I think that like those kind of things, like when we see, to me, it's like, it blows my mind. I think it's like, you know, countries fight countries, but people don't fight people. You know, a lot of the time it's just on the higher level, upper levels Mm -hmm. that, that, um, the fighting takes place, but on a hum- humanity level, then people are warm and open and helpful. Good observation. Thank you. It's like the, the Christmas choose um, during World War I when everybody just took Christmas off and played soccer with each other. Um, yeah. It didn't matter what country you were fighting for. You were fighting for the country. You weren't fighting against the, uh, the other people. The in the people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've been to a lot of places and, um, met a lot of people and you said you lived in five countries. Um, are you going to continue moving around or like why the U S right now? Why am I in the U S? Yeah. Why why have you decided to settle here and are you staying here? (laughs) Are you going to keep moving around? I want to keep moving around. Um, I am very impatient like I'm not a stayer. Mm-hmm. So I've been married now 12 years, which is a miracle because, and I'm <laughs> happily married, but I've been in the same job for five years, which is the longest I've ever been in a job. Mm-hmm. I've been in the U.S. for 20 years, except for one year when I went to live in Spain and one year I went to live in Peru. Um, I like, I think that I'm, I think that somewhere else is always better, which, <laughs> which yeah. is okay. not necessarily true. But my husband and I uh, have been talking about doing 50-50, like 50% in New York and 50% somewhere in Europe because his whole family is here and my whole family is in Europe. So I miss Europe. I miss the, like, you know, going to the market. And you know, I should need to live someplace in the Atlantic to get, <laughs> right, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm looking like you know, a new island, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, like Canary Islands, you know, Spain, Italy, yeah. Greece, you know, somewhere warm and nice and yeah. fresh fruits and vegetables. And there you go. But my husband's very much he likes New York and the you know the speed of life here. So it's yeah, we have to compromise. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so this is the the part of the podcast where I ask everybody their least favorite question. Um, is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't gotten to today? Hmm. Yeah, that is <laughs> a hard, hard question. What is it I want to talk about? Um, I don't know. I mean, did you come in here with an expectation to to hit on something that that we missed? Uh, not really. I think okay. I've uh, spoken about what my beliefs, which I'm not trying to push on anyone, but mm-hmm. I think that that um, yeah, that it's good to be open-minded and not try to judge people based on whatever preconcept notions you have. So I've spoken about that. I spoke about my books, travels, healing. Um, yeah. Do you have a do you have a wish for the world at this time? I think we should be more kind to each other and I think it's so easy to just 
smile at somebody like when you're buying a coffee or somebody's opening up the door or like you don't want to be creepy because sometimes it can come across as creepy. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, watch you know, out for that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so many times, like, you know, in the mornings I walk to the subway and, you know, you just pass somebody and you say good morning and smile and like, it lights me up. It lights them up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you like, if you give like a, a, a smile from your heart, not just like a plastic smile, mm-hmm. it lights up it lights up that person. It like, it kind of lifts your spirits and it's so easy. Like things like that are so easy, like a simple smile. So, um, I would like us all to smile more. All right. Sounds so good to me. Where, where can people find you online? Where do you hang out the most? Okay. So I'm on Twitter, um, at Christy Sar. I'm, my website is you can go to thetransmigrant.com. I'm on Instagram, author Christy Sarduarte, which I know is uh, difficult to spell. Um, Facebook, I think it's at Christy D N Y C. All right, and we will have uh, links in the show notes so people don't even have to try to find that <laughs> or spell it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of activity in there, Christy Sward Duarte. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Orchestra. That's a. That's a <laughs> people, people told me that I should make it easier, but I have the um, you know the Sar is my parents is my maiden name. My parents mm-hmm. passed away um, in in um, two thousand nineteen ninety four in a ferry accident. So I want to kind of like give you know give credit to them. Mm-hmm. And then Duarte is my husband's name and it kind of is part of who I am today. So, mm-hmm. so I wanted to have those two names there and make people it really complicated. Gonna, people are just going to have to learn how to make their lips work to say that. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just a little, just a little education. Yeah. Right. They're just vowels. <laughs> Not going to hurt you. <laughs> so there you go. Oh. Well, awesome. All right. Well, well thank, thank you so much for coming on our podcast yeah. today. We appreciate you. And thank uh, you so much. Uh, thank you for sharing all your knowledge and your experience and your thoughts. And you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. You guys are great. Um, yeah, and have a nice holiday season. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. 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 Show notes and more at jkwdpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week. Bye! A Better Humanhood Production.